0: Adult content intended for an adult audience only. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. The Dildo by Publius 68 Oops, Linda said, not fully paying attention. Her distracted comment came as I felt her purse roll off her lap in the Uber and land against my thigh. My brain, instantly triaging the incident as not involving her hot coffee spilling on my lap, looked down idly, my hands moving to help. Linda started to grumble idly at the fumble, when the purse strap caught on one of the phone charger cables the driver helpfully supplied for his riders. The overly large purse, practically a briefcase, just opened further when she tried to lift it back up. More of the contents spilled out. Asterisk Belinda Wells and I had both flown into Denver that afternoon from our respective offices in Portland and New Orleans to take over duty on our firm's small but very expensive booth at the Great Plains Educators Summit. We were to be on duty for the last two days of the trade show. We met up with each other at the convention center and with Frida Cummings and Desiree Daniels who had worked the booth the first two days as the day ended. The four of us made up exactly half of our company's sales force nationwide. This fortunately meant that none of us could be spared for more than two days in a row. That was good because two days in a booth on a convention trade show floor is soul-crushing for me, for any of us. Four days on a convention floor, and George Romero shows up to cast me in a zombie movie. As we shared insufficiently chilled beers in the snack bar of the creatively named Colorado Convention Center. Frida and Desiree briefed us on the rich and robust lack of quality leads they had managed to accumulate over the first two days of the convention. We all, perhaps optimistically, reassured each other that people with serious needs would likely put in follow up appearances in the later stages of the convention. Sure, beyond the disheartening scarcity of prospects, I found myself rather wishing that I had drawn the early days with either Frida or Desiree. Frida was always a stitch, even now. With a warm beer in her hand and two days of waving pamphlets at passers by who did not want to read them, weighing on her soul. And Desiree. I surreptitiously let my eyes rest on her, even though her figure was anything but restful to take in. God had apparently blessed her with those things for the holy purpose of helping her sell grading and parent communication software, and she always seemed to feel this meant that too many closed buttons or zipped zippers up top would be blasphemous. Linda, Belinda, was pretty enough, I supposed, but the few times I had worked with her face-to-face had been like watching grass grow. She was smart, nice, insightful, but in my past experience, she had all the spark of a bowl of slightly overcooked ramen noodles, without the flavor packet. Desiree and Frida both bolted from our handoff meeting as soon as they could. The lure of the standby lines for earlier flights home was far greater than that of the prospect of a second warm beer at the CCC snack bar. We should go check ourselves in, Davis, Linda said the moment they left. I would like to make about six quick phone calls, then drink a large glass of wine that doesn't suck like this beer does, in that order, unfortunately. See what I mean? Pleasant enough, though that was what passed for rip-roaring humor with Linda but that itinerary of hers obviously left no openings for going out to sample Denver's cool cocktail bar scene with me. I doubted I would manage so much as a simple nice dinner with someone to talk to either night. Room service it would be. Fuck it. I'd go out on my own the next night if I had to. We tossed our cans in the recycling. Linda grabbed a fresh coffee and led the way to the Uber pickup point. As I followed along behind, I consoled myself with the fact that, Even in her boxy suit, the view from behind Linda was actually about as nice as that from behind Desiree. There were definite advantages to working in a company with 85% female employees, all of whom except the owner and CTO were in their 20s. Asterisk so yeah, halfway to our rental condo hotel, there was an oops, and an uncontrolled unloading of Linda's voluminous purse in the back seat of the Uber. Again, no hot coffee or anything like it. So it was hardly a crisis. My mind instantly went on autopilot, working as background process to corral all her stuff and help Linda get it back in her purse. But one of the last things to fall free bounced off my thigh and spun to a stop right on my lap. It was purple, and flexible, and seemed heavy for its size, and it was molded into an exact representation of a thick, veiny, ketchup bottle length cock. So yeah, I suddenly had Linda's purple but otherwise alarmingly lifelike, dildo in my lap. Linda Wells's big purple dildo. Linda sucked in air with such loud distress it was a bit like a reverse shriek. Other than that, we both froze at the enormity of the situation. Then we both broke our paralysis at the same moment, unfortunately. Linda's hand shot out like a snake to reclaim her purple-hued warrior of love, while I simultaneously jumped at the realization of where the fucking pseudodong was lying. That meant that my movements bounced the dildo up into the air. Linda's hand shot out in panic, right to where the dildo had been a split second earlier, leaving her grasping at my empty lap. Thank God that my dick wasn't fully hard right then, though I will admit that it was hardly placid either. Before the spill, I had been mentally reviewing the tape of the day's cleavage display from Desiree. Then the dong hit the fan. Whatever the exact state of my engorgement at that moment was— Linda was suddenly very informed about it, as her fingers clasped on my bulge in a panic. I wear loose, lightweight wool slacks for business travel, and they did damned little to stop Linda's panicked fingers from desperately wrapping almost all the way around what was very much not her dildo. The slow-motion train wreck just kept developing. Her mind registered what she was about to try to yank back into her purse before I did and her eyes opened wide a noticeably long space before her fingers started to do the same. There was a tiny, high-speed sliver of my brain observing that impromptu hand job from Linda Wells was not in my day planner, and that soon, but most definitely not now, this was going to be extraordinarily funny, to me. Most of my slightly slower speed brain was preoccupied by how horribly mortified poor Linda had to be. My free hand shot out and snatched the flying violet phallus in midair. Great, now I was brandishing a giant cock at my co-worker. Okay, not giant, but a damn sight bigger than what she'd just been holding ever got. I quickly decided that this whole awful situation could only start to ease when we were both no longer staring at this purple selfie stick. Now panicking almost as much as was Linda, I grabbed the opening of her still-tangled purse and jammed the fucking dildo as deep inside it as I could manage, letting go almost spastically when I hit the bottom then yanked my hand back out as fast as I could. I exhaled deeply, but Linda only moaned in even deeper panic. My eyes automatically dropped back down, to see that I had dislodged almost everything left inside the purse when I had yanked my hand free, including three lipsticks, a hopefully precautionary package of Imodium, and a small, pink, insertable vibrator. Oh goody. And there on the seat close by was what had to be its goddamned matching remote control. Oh. In my panicked movements, I had turned it fucking on. The rosy bean was buzzing away contentedly against my thigh. The good news for Linda was that she was no longer the most mortified occupant of the back seat of Rashisha's Honda Civic. I literally could not move now. I just stared in horror down at what I had done. Linda, whose hand had not yet fully released me, shed her paralysis and grabbed desperately at the remote, which was closer to her. She fumbled it and juggled the little round device as she tried to get a grip on it. Apparently, simply twisting or turning the device was enough for it to adjust the rate at which the device on my leg buzzed. As the remote spun in her hand, the vibrator was spasmodically ramping its vibrations up and down. As she finally managed to get a grip on the remote, she effortlessly used it to turn off the vibrator one-handed, while she snatched desperately for the suddenly quiescent little bean gathering it up in her questing hand. She really was quite adept at using that remote. She plunged both device and control back into her purse. Then, as it disappeared, we both came out of whatever shocked, time at half-speed zone we were in, and began to rummage around to grab the rest of the numerous contents of her purse, as if it had just been a normal thing. The only nod I gave to the earlier bizarreness was that I handed everything I picked up to her, rather than risking dumping it directly back into her purse. Everything all right back there? Rushesh asked sharply. Nothing spilled, did it? He asked, concerned for his upholstery. My purse fell over. Linda reassured him. No liquid spilled. Just the beans, I said under my breath. Instantly, Linda stared at me in pained, embarrassed, shock. Then, as the double nature of my words sank in, She involuntarily snorted a laugh so hard that I was afraid she was going to need to go back into the purse for tissues. She actually smiled at me, a little wild-eyed. But we both still sat silently the last three minutes of the ride, each frozen in our seats, half because we were both embarrassed as hell, and half because we were both terrified that the purse might somehow spill again if we so much as lifted a finger. Vuber led us out at our hotel and as we entered— we saw a cocktail bar was attached to the lobby. Still plan on calling clients, then having a glass of wine? I asked, looking longingly at the bar. I was heading directly there the moment I checked in, that was for sure. God, no! Linda said with the kind of mental exhaustion a person would display after nearly being hit by a bus, then making it to the safety of the sidewalk. No phone calls! I can't have clients talking to me in this state. She looked at the bar. And no wine either. I need tequila, she said grimly. Sensible, I observed. Since I also need serious medication, I am going in there too. Mind if we sit together? I asked, genuinely wanting an answer to the question. Either way was okay with me, but I hoped we might restore some shreds of our former, albeit meager, working relationship. Fair wearing, I will be drinking bourbon. Cask strength, if they have any. Come on, Linda said. You can slow me down. Spoiler alert, I failed to slow her down. We sat at the bar, and Linda instantly ordered two shots of Patron for herself, and two of Knob Creek for me. It was not cask strength, but at 100 proof it would do. Linda put away both her shots with speed and aplomb. I would not have expected a woman like her, by which I mean boring to be able to take hard liquor like that. Of course, I would not have expected a woman as boring as Linda to carry around the better part of the inventory of a lion's den in her purse Sither, God, what else did she have in there? Handcuffs? I made my first shot disappear as fast as she had hers, then made my second almost disappear. I saved a sip or two at the bottom to actually save her, once my throat recovered from its sudden antiseptic bath. My stomach warmed, and while it was far too soon to actually feel the effects of the alcohol, my brain went ahead and warmed up its fuzziness mode anyway. Menu, please. Linda croaked at the bartender, who had watched us bemusedly as we hammered forty bucks' worth of booze into oblivion in seconds. I am not getting off this stool until I'm ready to pour myself into bed, she said to me firmly. So I need some food. Then, with luck— I will black out and remember nothing that happened today. I was not at all sure that I wanted to spend an evening in Denver in the quiet bar of a condo hotel, eating beer nuts for dinner, but I realized that that might indeed be what I was about to do. Linda seemed serious about getting totally hammered, and I was not inclined to leave her on her own to do that. Not even with the elevators just fifty feet away. She was going to need someone to watch her back. I just hoped I was going to be able to keep her back in focus while I drown my own memories of the last twenty minutes. Water, please, I instructed the bartender. Big glasses. Linda looked at me. One full glass of water every two shots, I said firmly, killing the last of my knob creak too fast. We've got ten hours on the show floor tomorrow. If we have to have a puke bucket in the booth and the both of us are screaming at everyone too. Quit walking so loudly, it will not attract customers. She laughed at that, and slammed down the water the moment it came. Thanks for the reminder, she said, looking as if she had enjoyed the water more than she had expected. And you don't forget two Advil before you go to sleep either. I nodded in agreement. We ordered more dishes than we really needed from the surprisingly interesting menu, and Linda gestured for two more shots for each of us. The bartender refilled both her glasses, but i placed my fingers casually over the top of one of mine. Don't get me wrong. I had been brandishing a huge purple cock at my work colleague in the back of an Uber thirty minutes prior. I needed the one shot, badly. But Linda needed both shots, and someone was going to have to get to the convention floor on time the next day. The food was just as surprising as the menu, in the same good way and the two of us fell upon the pretzel bites with fancy-flavored salt, and the shrimp bites. I even enjoyed one of the deviled eggs she insisted on ordering. The salads we ordered were good but largely ignored, possibly because the simple use of a fork entailed a level of manual dexterity that was already becoming a lost cause for both of us. I particularly loved the chicharrones, fresh from the fryer and still audibly popping. After I rhapsodized drunkenly about them for too long, Linda almost snarled. Man up, Nancy! Call them pork rinds like an actual dude. Drunk Linda was both more entertaining and more likable than workaday Linda. I figured that I ought to get the whole sex toy palooza out in the open and apologize for. Look, Linda, I said diffidently. About back in the car. I am really. Linda just shot out a hand, index finger raised imperiously for me to shut up. Then she swung that finger over toward the bartender, who was hanging nearby since he had dick-all to do otherwise in the mostly empty joint. She crooked that one finger to beckon him, then pointed it down at our shot glasses and swirled it in a circle to demand another round. It was a remarkably articulate finger, and she may have relied on it because I suspected that her mouth might be far less articulate already. Her mouth still functioned to down the two fresh shots. I was too slow with my hand and got two more shots as well. Oh well, can't waste Gnab Creek, can we? How is it that when a person gets drunk, their previously perfectly coiffed hair somehow gets disheveled in perfect synchrony? Even if they never touch it? Linda was not one to play with her hair sober, nor apparently while drunk, but her pretty, blonde, shoulder-length locks were well on their way to a mess anyway. She did touch her hair to the extent that she was constantly brushing one loose curl out of her eyes. But all over her head, stray hairs floated free in the air. The pretty amethyst hair clip she wore had slipped out of place, and dangled just slightly loose. The woman had a thing for purple, apparently. I couldn't tell if it was the booze, or if the disorganized look just countered my uptight impression of her, but she actually looked better this way. Yeah, I was getting drunk. She was already there. Linda, time to head up to bed, I said, hoping she'd be biddable. It was only 9.30, even sober Linda might have argued it was a little early. One more round, she countered, waving over the bartender again. Just one each, I countered. We are both born negotiators, and wrangled back and forth in front of the confused and amused bartender. Somehow, we settled on one more for her and fucking two more for me. Linda may be a better negotiator than me, at least when drunk. With two more shots of Knob Creek in my belly, resting there uncomfortably, I said. Okay, now it is time to get you to your room, Ms. Wells. Linda gradually began to work her way off the barstool. The bartender seemed to be having sudden qualms about me taking this drunk woman up to a room. We traded looks. She's a work colleague, I said surprising myself at how only marginally slurred my own words were. There was a traumatic incident in the Uber over here. The bartender brightened in what he thought was understanding. Heard that, he said. I almost died with a psycho Uber driver once. Not that kind of trauma. Linda half giggled, half shuddered. No need to get into it again, I said, firmly steering her toward the lobby and the elevators. The bartender did not need that information. Our suites were on the same floor, about eight doors apart. I steered Linda to hers. When she had difficulty getting her key folio out, I made myself wait, rather than go into her purse to get it. When she finally extricated the card, and only the card, thank God I helped her get in her room. Yeah, I had definitely needed to stay with her at the bar. She couldn't get the card in the slot without me. I pushed her suitcase into a corner and looked at her gently weaving form, grimacing. Okay, Linda, I said firmly. I sure as fuck am not going to undress you, so you will either have to manage it on your own after I leave or sleep in your clothes. Give my your jacket, though, at least. I worked my way through getting her jacket off. I hung it in her closet. I had literally never seen Linda without a suit jacket on, and well— Her torso was a lot more appealing than I had expected, now in only her light, white, cotton blouse. I could just make out a fairly plain bra, in flesh tones. Fucking bourbon goggles. Bed! She croaked happily and moved to collapse. Um, I asked diffidently, carefully cracking open a complimentary bottled water on her bedside table. Do you want a bucket for, just in case? Oh, I'll be alright, she replied airily and with reassuring confidence. Just get me a trash can. No need to go find a bucket. She added considerately and alarmingly. I grabbed both trash cans in the room, and put one on either side of her bed. See you on the show floor? 9 a.m.? I asked her. My only answer was a snore. Swell. I had no idea if she had alarms already set, or for when they might be set. And waking up naturally for her tomorrow was not likely, not at the time I was going to need her. Grumpily, I opened her key card folio and took the second card, the useless one they always give you despite you specifying only one occupant, and put it in my own pocket dot if she wasn't up and answering my knock in the morning. I'd let myself in to make sure she hadn't died. And then I'd throw a bucket of water on her or something. When I got to my room, my own goddamned key didn't work. I was about to go down and swear at the front desk when I realized that in my drunken state I was trying to use Linda's key. Asterisk I had set three alarms for myself, a habit I have when I know I'm going to have trouble moving. The first was instantly dismissed because setting it was stupid in the first place. After snoozing the second alarm, I dragged myself out of bed, showered, and suited up for the show that day that I considered just letting Linda sleep but discarded the idea because I didn't want to work the whole damned day on my own, for fuck's sake. I was awake and suffering, she should too. My misery was demanding company. I knocked on her door, and when I heard no reply after repeated attempts, I let myself in with her spare key. Linda? I called quietly. Glark! Came her voice hoarsely from the bedroom. I stepped toward the door and let myself be seen without actually looking through the door myself. Good morning, sunshine. I sang out in a voice far more chipper than I felt. It's you, Linda muttered grumpily. I was hoping it was a murderer. Worse, I chuckled. It's your, dum-dum-dum. Wake up call. Die in a fire, Davis, Linda groaned. And thank you? Thanks? For reminding me to take Advil. You told me to take the Advil, I replied, smiling so it is helping? God, no, she snorted with the tiniest approximation of good humor. But when I remembered to dose myself, it must have been a half hour after you left. My stomach didn't like taking the pill and I was puking in the trash can I had left by the bed. Getting up to clean that out had me puking again. The second time made me feel much better. You are filling my morning with delicious imagery, I said Drilly. Are you good to get up? I pressed, concerned both for her and for my morning alone in the booth. Give me a chance, and I'll be right behind you. She groaned. No, I said, feeling like a saint. Take your time in the shower, get some real food in you, then come on over when you are ready to be helpful. I owed her that much, after waving her dildo in her face without warning. She merely croaked, and I let myself out. Asterisk to my shock, she arrived less than ninety minutes after me, looking pretty great, actually. She wore a different hair clip today, in a different shade of purple. No customers were going to notice the slight green she had around the gills. Thanks again, Davis, she said, stashing her purse under our small table. I wondered if she had left her items in the hotel room, or kept them with her. With her luck, housekeeping would probably find them, had she left them behind. I feel almost human now. Good. I said then grinned. In return, you owe me a whole hour at lunch so I can go check out that sushi place we saw yesterday. You'll bring me back some takeout? Deal. Were Linda and I bantering? I honestly had not noticed it as part of her skill set before. I mean, it certainly seemed like she should be able to be personable. Her sales numbers were actually better than mine. That didn't mean she was a better salesperson than I. No sir, that was my story and I was sticking to it. She just had a better territory. The schools in Cali, Oregon, and Washington were no longer any better than those in my territory in the deep south, even though they sure used to be, but they still had a crap ton more money. This was the third time the two of us had worked a booth together, and every time before we had just each done our own thing, sharing the space and not much else. This time round, we fell into an easy partnership. Each of us casually inserted ourselves into each other's conversations with attendees, bringing up an important selling point as if we had just overheard. Then we would subrosa measure which of us the prospect was responding to better, and the other would move on naturally to other attendees. It wasn't fair to her, or me either. But as the day went on, and no matter how well we were working together, the boredom crept back in. I found it hard to not think of Linda's impressive collection of sex toys. They, um, preyed upon my mind then, toward the end of the day, there was a very high-profile seminar starting, and most attendees wanted to go. I didn't blame them, had I been free, I'd have checked it out myself. But it left Linda and me quite lonely in our booth for nearly an hour. My mind was available to be preyed upon, and bored otherwise. What the hell, she could hardly file a harassment complaint against me without the whole embarrassing Uber ride incident coming to light. Besides, she now struck me as much more of a slap a guy if he goes too far type than a run to HR type anyway. But mostly, I was bored. So, how often have you had a TSA agent pull that purple beauty out at screening? I asked, in the same tone I had earlier asked how she liked the sushi I'd brought back. Only. Linda started to casually reply, then froze and glared at me as my chosen subject matter fully registered. Really? She hissed, blushing a little. You are going to give me shit over this? Not really, I said with a mild grin. But I thought that joking about it might blunt the embarrassment. Also, I've been dying to ask that question ever since I got over my own mortification. This was mostly a lie. I most certainly did want to have fun screwing with her mind. Nor was I exactly over my own mortification. And reliving it is supposed to help? I just think talking about it is a good idea or you will be suffering the image of your purple rubber dong hurtling into my lap for the rest of the year, I said, beginning to believe my own bullshit. Whatever school of psychology you went to sucks, Linda growled, and turned to straighten up our brochures that I just chuckled inwardly and moved outside our booth's footprint to take in the total absence of potential customers wandering around. For the record, Linda said, not even looking up from the literature table, it only happened the one time. I looked at her in a tiny bit of all. The agent never got it clear of the purse before he realized what it was and dropped it back and like it was a live mouse. My purse was approved and in my hands again in record time. Ouch. I feel his pain. I laughed. His pain? Yes. Cry me a river, mister. Linda growled. But yeah. If I were a terrorist, I'd always keep five just like mine in various colors, right on top of my purse. I could have a bundle of cylinders wired to a clock visible underneath, and no one would go past that top layer. Ha! I agreed. Wait, that is your regular travel kit? I asked incredulously. Like all the time? I winced, as that might have been a bit far. I wanted to tease her, not freshly embarrass her. Linda blushed for real this time but then I saw her eyes narrow at me. She clearly knew I was just messing with her mind, and I saw the moment she decided to fight back. One of each type are my regular travel companions, she replied sweetly. The purple one is new, so I brought it along, even though it's not exactly travel-sized. It does feel remarkably lifelike. She paused and looked at me with innocent eyes. Didn't you think so while you were clutching it so hard? Touché. I muttered, probably blushing a bit myself. Conversation appeared to be about to languish, but Linda suddenly went on. I mean, I'm not overwhelmed with social options back home either, the few days I'm there and not on the road, anyway, she grumbled. Hmm, I agreed. I had had a girlfriend until recently, which had insulated me from the worst of the road warrior's lifestyle drawbacks. Until recently? Have somebody back home? she asked as if reading my mind. The first show we worked together, remember? Back in Tempe? I did back then. I shrugged. Sorry. It was mutual, I said. That was only partially true. It was mostly me. I still thought ending it had been the right move. My dick often disagreed. Well, it's been a damn sight longer than that for me, grumped Linda. Well, good thing you have such an extensive toolkit to take care of the issue. I snorted. I found I preferred Embarrassed to Maudlin, in both of us. Linda looked at me again like I was the braying ass I probably was. Then she shook her head. They do the job. Not that I wouldn't prefer the real thing, but you know as well as I, or anyone else, that tales of sex on the road are all bullshit, unless you are paying for it. True. I nodded. I figured I could embarrass her further here, though. I'd be happy to help you out with your problem, except I don't come in a pink or purple option. Linda patted me on the head like a dog as she passed me to grab her bottled water. I'm sure you are pink enough, Davis. Come to think of it, one part does get pretty purple under the right circumstances, I thought. That was way more of that than was good for either of us, if only to keep my pink part from becoming purple right there in the convention hall. Think we will get many people coming back in here after that seminar finally lets out? I asked grumpily. Probably not. She replied, now equally glum. Want to get out of here early? Jenny would have kittens. I snorted, referring to our manager. Yeah, but she isn't standing here, wasting her time, is she? Linda said tartly. And, um, if that was a real offer, and not just a joke, I could be talked into accepting it. I was too busy thinking about the risk, high slash reward, mediocre, of playing hooky to fully process her last words for a moment. Then my eyes shot to hers and what I saw there made me upgrade the reward side of what she meant by hooky to potentially astronomical. Um, I said slowly, I really think we should hang in a few more minutes at least, but after that, what Jenny doesn't know will not hurt her. My words had indeed been a joke and not a genuine offer but I found myself willing to retcon the shit out of that at the moment. Yeah. Linda sighed. We should give it a little longer. And so we sat. Bored and lonely, and suddenly very awkward around each other. my mind spun. Not only was I horny and going through a dry spell of my own, but I was coming to grips the fact that, now that I was actually getting to know Linda, I was actually starting to like her quite a bit. I also was figuring out that she really was hot, not merely pleasant looking. And now, here I was, making us sit around a useless trade show, instead of going and fixing both our problems. Worse, every minute we sat there was another minute for her, or me for that matter, to decide this was the bad idea it most certainly was. Possibly was. Might be. I needed to get us out of here. Eh, let's just go, Linda said, pulling the trigger right before I did. It was not lost on either of us that we were punching out of the booth before the seminar let out, making for no way to tell if there was going to be traffic on the show floor at the very end of the day or not. Regardless of whether or not there was going to be any business to be found later, the wisdom in leaving now became immediately evident in the way the Uber she summoned was less than a minute away. Once that seminar let out, and on through the end of the day— it would have been a ten-minute wait or more, maybe even surge pricing that we settled into the back seat of the Prius, and after a moment stared at each other. We smiled. Please hang on tight to the purse. I said slyly. I don't need the comparison. I'm not worried. Linda said smoothly. This was borderline surreal. I was facing an 11-minute car ride on the way to a recreational hookup with a colleague that I had viewed as borderline annoying 24 hours earlier. Kids, this is the definition of an awkward 11 minutes. We stole little smiling grins at each other, but otherwise tried to maintain a professional conversation as we rode. The second time we discussed the people we had talked to from the Boulder School District. I was sure our driver had to think we were insane doubt we were not insane just nuts that he pulled up and we popped out with embarrassing haste we stepped into the lobby and suddenly hesitated we both looked awkwardly around air drink first i asked hesitantly nodding toward the scene of last night's crime just off to our left it seems to be the right thing to say as it broke linda's sudden paralysis please god no she snorted i can't take another drink just yet sounds like intelligent thinking I said, and we grinned in sudden accord. The next few minutes were a surreal series of serendipitous events that seemed like the world was propelling us forward eagerly. The crowd of yammering hipsters between us and the elevator magically evaporated as we went to push through them. The elevator was empty and waiting. No one else got on. When we got off the elevator, we found ourselves approaching Linda's suite first. Your place? I asked, figuring she'd be more comfortable there. Yes, she said smoothly. Then she ummed. Assuming housekeeping cleaned up what I did last night, she said quickly. Your room it is. I laughed, and for the first time, I put my arm around her, resting my hand on the small of her firm, slender back, and propelling her toward her door. She keyed the door to her suite open, and we both looked around to see if anyone else was in the hall to see us entering together. As if anyone who did see us would know us from Adam, and Eve, the door latched behind us, and we both froze, momentarily. Then I snaked my hand back around her lower back and spun her in against me, face to face. She kissed me before I could kiss her. It was a good kiss. I hadn't even had time to envision kissing Linda. My half-formed images had been of more, adventurous activity. Kissing a woman whom I had never even thought about kissing was... Hot. We came up for air briefly, so that we could share a look, each searching for, and finding, reassurance that the other was as into this as we were. One more breast stealing kiss, this time with quite an amazing amount of tongue from Linda, and we broke apart again. We were out in the very middle of the largest space of empty floor in my suite, and I was not eager to let go of Linda's surprisingly supple form. That I changed my mind when she said, I'm going to need you to not move from this spot while I see if I can remember how to suck a cock properly. I was more than willing suddenly to let her slide from my arms, and she knelt down on the carpet before me. In a perfect world, which this otherwise seemed to be, I'd have taken a seat on the couch or somewhere, since I'd been on my feet all day. My cock held my feet at gunpoint to prevent them from making any outward protest. Linda ran both hands randomly over the hardening front of my suit trousers then unbuttoned the waist and unzipped me. I slid my jacket off and tossed it away in a heap. I'd have to get out the iron and press it before tomorrow's day at the show. as she grabbed the waistband of my jockeys. I briefly hoped that the dimensions of that purple artificial phallus would not make me seem petite in comparison. I am not small, but I am sure smaller than that fucking thing. But when she tugged my undies down and I flopped free— Three quarters hard and about that much enlarged, she only groaned a little happily, grabbed me gently, and stroked me a time or two, which was all I needed to go ahead and finish up with the hard on construction. This, Linda hissed, almost to herself, is exactly what I need. What you are doing is certainly what I need. I coughed appreciatively. Oh, really? This, she drawled, stroking me up and down softly, is all you need. Okay. I gulped as she licked her lips for me to see. What you are about to do is certainly what I need. Linda smiled, still looking at my cock. See? I knew you'd have some purple for my enjoyment. She murmured, tracing my now angrily purple head, swollen with need, and she took me into her mouth. Spoiler alert, Linda had not forgotten how to properly suck a cock. Oh, good fuck. I groaned as she swiftly took a prodigious amount of me between her lips. Eagerly, her tongue worked along my underside, gently pressing me up against the soft palate of the roof of her mouth, lips writhing around me. MY breath went instantly shallow, stolen away by her efforts. At first, she only used her mouth, her hands resting open against my hips, as she sucked so much of me in and out of her mouth. Drool was already escaping her lips and dripping down me. I twitched as I felt it begin to reach my balls, but then I felt her hands slide together, first grasping my dick as a team, but then one clenched around my base, while the other drifted lower to cup my balls, her thumb smearing the saliva around my scrotum. She began to bob a little shallower, her tongue able to be more active against my pleased purple head. This gave her room to begin stroking up and down my shaft with what at that moment felt like the absolute perfect amount of strength in her grip. Fuck! I repeated, more gutturally this time. Linda tilted her head up to look at my face as she worked, giving me an analytic smile. She let me slip from her mouth for a moment, so she could ask. With no sex lately, please tell me you have enough saved up that I can drink this first batch? Asking questions like this? Linda was my new favorite human dot I nodded feverishly to her as she resumed, adding a little extra suction than before I hadn't even seen her naked, much less touched her body yet. I was going to have so much more in the tank. So much. But I was going to empty this tank full soon. First batch is going to be here soon. I grunted, lifting my hand to rest against the side of her neck. She flashed me another glance before bending down and trying to simultaneously jack me more vigorously while also taking more of me back into her mouth. She worked it out Dada I was suddenly rocking back and forth from foot to foot, my ass quivering tensely. My molars tingled. I locked my knees as I felt the surge. A line of pleasure stabbed upward from behind my cock into my body, where it suffused outward. As it did so, I felt a spasm of sudden release and my cock throbbed as a furious gush of semen headed for the exit. Linda glucked as it shot into the back of her mouth. Her lips worked to hold it all in without choking, and her hand feverishly stroked me. Then she slowed, and turned that motion into a slow-milking one as she sucked me clear of every last drop. She swallowed several times with me still in her mouth. Linda? Yes? she asked, releasing me from her mouth at last and looking up at me with a smile. And a little bit of jizz on her lips. You absolutely still know how to properly suck a cock. Her laughter was musical. Why did this wonderful woman keep herself so locked up under that boring facade? I pulled her up to her feet, and since I am truthfully not a fan of tasting my own spume, I bent to ravish her sleek neck with kisses, to give her time to at least lick her lips clean. She merely wrapped her arms around me and looked her head back to let me go at her throat with abandon I loved the feel of her embrace, but I had to break it. She was still completely clothed. I had somehow missed the fact that I had slipped free of my shoes and stepped out of my trousers and underwear during her ministrations, but I still had my dress shirt, undershirt, and tie on I slid her jacket off her shoulders, and she shrugged it back, tossing it aside with a flourish. We would both be getting out the irons before the show the next day. Her hands went to loosen my necktie, and I made it more work for her by needing again to lick and nibble at the sides of her neck where they met her shoulders. She made quick work of the tie anyway. My hands meanwhile found her chest, gently but insistently sinking into the softness of her breasts through her white cotton blouse and the less-than-substantial bra beneath. Buttons, so many buttons to undo— Linda matched me button for button as we opened each other's shirts. Then we pushed them off each other's shoulders as one. With a jerk, we let go of each other to rip them off our arms and toss them away. I was naked. She was not. I had more wonderful work to do. The brow was quite plain, smooth, and flesh-colored. But despite its two lovely handfuls of cargo, it really was insubstantial. And I spied a front clasp. Nice.it yielded to my fingers easily, and I spread wide the garment, letting the prize spill out for my enjoyment. Yep. She kept these lovelies in an ephemeral bra because they needed little support, just some control of any unprofessional jiggling. That was important, because they were sure jiggling now. I stared at them for a moment, then dove in to grasp their sides and bury my face against them. I licked and sucked on one pert, pink nipple, then the other making silly gobbling sounds as I did so that made Linda laugh. I played away until she remembered to slide the bra off her shoulders. At that signal, I plopped to my own knees before her, nuzzled the cute navel with its barely protruding belly button, and reached around her to grasp and massage that ass which had been the first thing I'd noticed as being well above par about her. Damn, it was tight. I could have done that for a while, but I could feel no zipper in the back of the skirt. I slid my hands around to her sleek hips and found it on her left side. With a swift tug, I pulled it down and let the garment slip to puddle around her ankles. I guess that we've now established that I did not expect this day to go down like this, Linda said almost sheepishly. She was wearing very basic cotton, full-coverage panties beneath what looked like bog-standard Hanes nude pantyhose. As long as it goes down this way, what do I care? I asked, surging back to my feet. I wrapped my arms around her, cupping her ass and lifted her up. I'm not exactly a bodybuilder, though I keep in shape, and lifting her was not easy. But I figured that if I kept up my momentum, I'd be okay. With her free of the ground, I turned and rushed her through to the freshly made bed, plopping her down with more relief than I wanted to show. She bounced on the edge of the mattress— and I bent without hesitation to curl my fingertips under the waistband of the hose. I tugged it down, grabbing the panties as I went. Linda, caught up in the moment, arched her back and pressed her ass upward to make my quest easier. I freed the hose and undies from her hips and shoved them down swiftly to her ankles, leaving them tangled there. Getting them free from her ankles would give her something to do. For my part, I eagerly pressed her knees apart, And bent my face to her crotch. I paused, right above her snatch, and made a show of inhaling happily, drinking in the heady aroma she exuded so marvelously. It was rich and musky, but even after a day on the show floor, still somehow fresh. Such an elegant bouquet, I opined in my best wine tasting show off voice. I can only imagine the delights to be had from lick me, you asshole, Linda growled. Seriously, How had she been hiding this fabulous, earthy personality? I wondered how loud she would be when she came, and got down to work finding out. a single woman with a mechanical love life. Linda did not waste the time on shaving herself down there. She was a mass of redolent curls, already sodden down below. She did, I noticed, make the effort to keep all the edges sharp and neat. Did she wear a swimsuit in public at home? I'd ask later. Much later that I leaned in fully, pressing my mouth to her nest and letting my tongue out to hunt in the bush. She hissed gratifyingly as my taster first began to explore. When I lifted both hands between her legs to let my fingertips comb her pubes and spread them aside so my tongue could delve deeper unobstructed, she hissed even more happily. I groaned happily too, because goddamn was she so rich and robust against my tongue. Clean, flavorful, and appreciative. The way her hips almost immediately bucked at my tongue's penetration left me eager to find out how wild this woman could actually get. Eager, but patient. First, I would see just how big a puddle I could make of her just like this. The answer was, a very big, very wet, very loud puddle one that exploded in violent bliss very soon after I finally deigned to actually flick her clit with my tongue. My fingers, already buried within her were practically crushed by how powerfully her interior pulsed, and I really, really hoped no one nearby in the hotel had gone to bed already to catch an early flight out. She had long ago freed her ankles and feet from the pantyhose and underwear, and as she came so marvelously, her thighs clenched tightly around my head. I was twisted to the side as she rolled that way herself, whining in ecstasy that I tugged my head free of her still twitching thighs and looked down on her with a smile, caressing her firm. Elegantly curved hip. Linda panted for a good while, then smiled up at me breathlessly. She slid off the edge of the bed where I had perched her and slid to her knees on the floor with me. She grabbed my head and crammed our lips together in a tongue filled, breath stealing exchange that left me breathless almost before it began. I may have been shy about kissing her right after she blew me, but Linda had no such restraint about opening her mouth wide against mine right after I had had my face buried in her snatch. Our kiss reached a crescendo, and then, almost in unison, we each collapsed to our haunches and leaned against the bed. We panted softly, then smiled at each other. I reached out and cupped a breast idly, or as idly as I could with that lovely mass of flesh in the palm of my hand. Oh my god, Davis! Linda panted. You are going to be an amazing fuck, aren't you? Well, that sounded promising. She looked at me with lust in her eye, then a sparkle ignited therein. Want to stick that sweet cock in me now, or have some dinner first? She asked slyly. My body knew the answer, and tends to push her back up off the floor onto the bed so I could plunge my cock into her with abandon. But my mind smiled back at her instead. Let's go have a really stupid good meal first, I said. We can talk about something neither of us will remember, as we fill our stomachs and think about what we are going to do to each other when we get back here. I really planned on this being a room service trip, Linda admitted shamefacedly. Please tell me you did some research on what's nearby? I had, and we sat there on the floor, still naked and momentarily exhausted, hashing out which of the cool places I had found online would fit our current, very particular needs. Twenty minutes later, we were dressed in the same clothes, albeit a little rumpled and moving through the dining room of a nice Italian-Asian fusion restaurant to a table that left something to be desired in the intimate and romantic department. Our drinks were slow to arrive, and we smoothly fell into a discussion of the various potential customers and their school districts that we had met that day. But our business discussion soon derailed as we careened into discussions of the various personal foibles of that same group, making fun of the slightest weirdness— Especially anything remotely sexual that they had exhibited, or even merely suggested. That we agreed that while I had enjoyed a far wider selection of visitors to the booth who were attractive to me, Linda had won the top prize with Carlos Alcazar. He was from a small school in Pueblo, and had a bevy of three public school administrators who followed him around the floor like doe eyed groupies. So would you rather have dumped the contents of your purse in his lap instead of mine? I teased, just a little curious. Linda looked at me, actually considering the question. No, she said at last. That hunk of man is just what I like as mental fuel for those toys. She leaned forward slightly, and I caught the merest trace of cleavage. You have what it takes to get me out of my mechanical rut. I was going to pound her into the mattress so fucking hard. Why, Ms. Wells? I said, changing the subject, sort of. I don't think I have ever seen you wearing a blouse with not one but two buttons so scandalously undone. It's not very businesslike. Shit, you're right. Linda hissed, pulling her body inward and clutching at the neck of her blouse, as if chagrined. Then her hand twitched and lowered with yet another button unbuttoned. Is that more to your approval, oh arbiter of propriety? She murmured. Hell yeah. I breathed. Our food took that moment to finally show up and we destroyed it in tragically record time, because I vaguely remember it being quite delicious.it was shame. I had read about this place online in several articles, and had been looking forward to possibly trying it since I was first scheduled for this Denver conference. What should have been a real treat, and one of the best kind of perks about living the road warrior life, instead quickly gained momentum as a pell-mell rush to finish eating as quickly as possible. I was not complaining. The waiter appeared once more and seemed faintly taken aback at the speed with which we had demolished the food. Well, she stuttered. Dinner seems to have met with your approval. She went on, back on an even keel. Can I interest you in dessert? Oh, I don't think. I began, but Linda cut me off. Perish that thought, Davis. She purred. We want two slices of that chocolate silk pie I saw on the dessert cart earlier she told our waiter. The waiter turned happily to go, while I nearly glared at Linda. We had places to go and each other to do, she merely smiled at me. Oh, she called out after the retreating form of our server. And those are to go, please. Asterisk ever seen one of those movies where a couple are flirting over dinner or drinks, and suddenly there is a smash cut to the two of them practically falling through the door to a hotel room. Ripping each other's clothes off and generally heedless of all else? Yeah, I had never experienced anything like that kind of ridiculous scene, and I have had my share of spontaneous evenings. But that was what that evening felt like. One minute, we were being brought an oversized shopping bag with two gigantic pieces of chocolate cream pie, and what felt like the very next, we were kissing in the hallway in front of her suite's door, leaning against it so that when she unlocked it, we almost literally fell into her room. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I marvelled that an hour or so's dinner could have me more worked up than the same amount of time as foreplay. I fervently hoped the same was true for Linda, because I intended to fuck her the instant if became physically possible. Fortunately, it did seem to be the case for her too. We didn't even break our kiss as we each began to tear each other's clothes back off. When we started by shoving each other's suit jackets off our shoulders, that also sent her purse and more importantly, the bag of dessert crashing to the floor dot, I almost paused to check the pies. They had indeed looked very good. But they could wait. And if my dropping them had messed them up, I could just mash my broken piece all over Linda's body and devour it that way. Actually, I inadvertently kicked the bag to the side as I bent to remove more of Linda's outfit dot, we worked our way across the entry and toward the bedroom, still kissing hungrily and well on our way to completely naked. As we neared the bed, I almost tripped when she dropped my underwear to my ankles and caressed my painfully eager cock that I kept my footing and kicked free of the underwear, leaving me naked, with Linda wearing just her panties. She had definitely neglected to put her pantyhose back on. I picked her up, and she cuddled against me. We shared a momentarily tender kiss, before she grabbed my head and her tongue tried to mine my throat for diamonds or something that I tossed her onto the bed. Where she bounced on her back with a whoop, I landed over and tugged her panties down. She wriggled and giggled as we made quick work of getting her naked, as well that I swiftly climbed up on the bed and directly over Linda. I pushed her legs apart and nestled between them. I kneeled over her, taking the briefest moment to appreciate the unlooked-for beauty beneath me before bending too swiftly but also too briefly to suckle on one breast then the other that need addressed, I lay fully upon her. Supporting my weight with one arm I cupped her long chin with the other And kissed her some more My cock pressed eagerly against her mods And my balls could feel the heat And moisture emanating from below I broke the kiss and looked at her Now I asked Immediately Linda growled And before you asked I'm covered Thank God she was And thank God she thought to tell me It would save me some panic and agony later the back of my mind realized. The front of my mind was all business that I tilted my hips, maneuvering the head of my cock down between her legs, and Linda spread her legs wide beneath me welcomingly. Her pubes were indeed sodden, and it finally sank in how sodden her underwear had been when I'd pulled it off of her. Dinner as foreplay must have worked for her too, I worked my purple head around, easily finding her petaled opening through her short hairs. I pressed. I slid in easily at the very first, but despite how wet and how eager she was, she was still tight. And as hungry and eager I was, I wanted to make this slow anyway. Inch by inch, I worked my way into the best of my coworker's previously hidden depths. My hand slipped from her chin down to grasp at her bouncy breasts, pinching the nipple a bit each time I delved a little deeper. Her hands remained wrapped around me, stroking the muscles and shoulder blades of my back. With an ecstatic groan, I bottomed out in her, our pubes tangling together, bellies pressed against each other and already getting a little sweaty. I paused there, reveling in being inside her. Linda slowly lifted one leg, then the other, and wrapped them around the small of my back. Go! She commanded Dot, I went I pulled back and stroked back into her, savoring each stroke and savoring the feeling of being buried inside her at the end of each. One or the other or both of us moaned with each thrust. I knew I couldn't be doing much for her clit in this position, but my cock felt the bumpy ridges of her G with each passage. I wondered which was better for her personally, and resolved to find out before the night was done. Fuck this is good. She groaned as I drove into her. Better than your violet friend? I teased riskily. Fuck yes. Harder. Linda laughed. It's bigger. I pressed the point. Yours, um, is alive, she cried happily. And the rest, of what, oh, it's attached to. She groaned on, sliding one hand down to grasp my ass. She both fondled it and used it as a handle to pull me harder into her with each thrust. The rest of you ain't too bad, either. Gonna throw the dong away, then? I asked. We were both working up a good sweat by now. Fuck that. Linda chortled. I still will need it. She suddenly bore down on my with her inner muscles. And it is, oh, wow, wow, still pretty good. Um, you are just way. Ugh, fucking better. Yeah, there was that. Good as this was, and Linda was on another plane of existence above Rosie Palm and her five friends, we still lived two thousand miles apart and saw each other maybe twice a year. This wasn't going anywhere other than nirvana for the evening. Well, nirvana it was. I picked up my pace, and we grooved silently for a bit, each panting and grumbling happily at the rhythmic stimulation. Then suddenly both her hands were on my ass, holding me motionless and deep inside her. In a single fluid motion, she unclasped her legs from around me and heaved us over, rotating our bodies to leave her body suddenly atop mine. She was surprisingly strong and had us most of the way over before I could even register her desire and aid the maneuver. Her hands slid free of my ass as we rolled, and she propped herself up over me, looking down with a grin. Her boobs dangled down over me enticingly, and I reached up and grabbed them both. She grinned hungrily as she slowly pulled her knees up under her, keeping my cock well within her dot I squeezed her tits. Go I commanded. Oh yeah. She knew how to go. Her hands pressed into the mattress to either side of my head, lowering her breasts near my face, and her thighs and hips worked in perfect harmony to ride my cock like some heavenly machine. Oh, fullock! I groaned happily, letting my head sink back into the mattress for a space of time, eyes closed in utter bliss. On she stroked, tight but nearly frictionless walls sliding on and off my cock, but the lure of those boobies dangling above me was too much and I lifted my head to suckle on one, then the other, gently biting her nipples, while tugging the free one with my fingers. Harder, she moaned, as I nibbled on a pink nipple. Just a little harder. I obliged happily doubt I may not have been able to do much for her clit before, but she had positioned herself to make up for it now, and I could tell she was stroking it along my shaft with each undulation. I hoped it was good for her. In fact... I hoped his was incredibly good for her, in part because she deserved it, but in part because it was overwhelmingly good for me, and this round was just not going to go on much longer. Are you, uh, close? I gasped. Cause I just come in me, Linda demanded. Let me feel it. Ugh. I'm right there too. Well, alrighty then. I forced myself to leave her tits alone to wobble in my face as I shifted my grip to her hips and began to hammer up into her in time with her own undulations. Her boobs bounced hard now with each impact of our hips and that sight, along with the new frenzied fuck, sent me over the edge into some sort of haywire inside-out world. I came so hard in her, my fingers felt hollow and I practically screamed with pleasure no okay, I might have screamed a little myself, but the big scream was Her easy rhythm atop me suddenly went ragged, and her body jerked spasmodically. I felt her insides clench on me hard, over and over again. I desperately tried to keep up my own thrusts, even though my body felt like an empty husk, because as long as I kept going, she seemed to keep coming, and like a switch being thrown, we both stopped. She collapsed atop me, our sweat-slick bodies instantly adhering to each other everything throbbed with scrumptious aftershocks. We gasped and panted for air. Despite how colossally confused and spent we were, I did manage to think to slip a hand between us to grab a tit once more. It was fun, but also gave my mind something to anchor on. Oh, fuck me, she gasped happily. Give me a few minutes, but sure. I laughed. Fortunately for us, This condo hotel was one that left the complimentary bottles of water on the bedside table, so we were able to rehydrate without having to get up. I was not sure my knees would have carried me across the room right then. Our thirst quenched, we cuddled companionably in the bed, half-dozing. But soon, our hands began to slowly explore each other once more, and we began to kiss. With time, our silent exploration gave way to moans of pleasure. The kraken awoke once more. And we were off to the races again and into the night dot we completely forgot about the chocolate cream pie dot I awoke as the big spoon, with Linda curled up in my arms. It was dark. More importantly, my cock was somehow ready once more, and nestled happily, nay eagerly, in the crease of her ass. I lay there, content to do so for the moment, since my co-worker appeared to be sleeping easily dot, or so I thought. Her ass suddenly wriggled against my cock. Her gentle grasp on my arm draped over her firmed up. Damn, Davis, she murmured softly. You are as ever ready as my dildo. I didn't even answer. I just pushed her over face down on the bed and rolled atop her. I rose to my knees, grabbing a pillow as I did so. Her legs, which now seemed always eager to spread for me, splayed out to either side. I gently lifted her hips and pushed the pillow underneath her, supporting her ass up in the air. Um, she murmured hesitantly, looking back at me askance. Don't worry, I grinned at her. I'm not getting any of those ideas. Actually, the view was giving me a few of those ideas. But not many. I'd tried anal a few times. It was usually okay, rarely great. But without the whole hassle and production of douching. Hard pass. Besides, I knew how awesome the pussy spread before me was and I buried my cock in it yet again. We both sighed happily as I slowly sank once more into her depths. I held myself there, caressing, squeezing, and massaging the firm curves of her slender but perfectly shaped ass. Linda just nuzzled semi-sleepily down into the soft bed, clenched her insides, and spoke our code word. Go! And did I go! Still sleepy, Linda may have been, but she was utterly into this last hurrah. I was grunting and groaning almost from the start at the delectable sensation of stroking into her. She was swiftly and equally vocal, and I again hoped her suite was either well soundproofed, or its neighbors empty. But I wasn't concerned enough about it to keep my voice down or worry about hers. The pillow gave me a fabulous, comfortable angle to work with, and I soon realized that Linda was rocking her hips back and forth with deliberate experimentation. She found a small arc to rock in that really had her mewling with pleasure, and with her face pressed firmly into the mattress, growled out. Give it to me, hard!" Oh, fuck ya, it wasn't a long session of morning glory, but it was intense and marvelous. I didn't even notice the light begin to change as my efforts grew fiercer and more ragged. Linda let out a scream that vibrated the bed. It really was fortunate that she kept her face buried in the sheets— or we might have gotten a visit from the management. Her hips bucked underneath me, and I managed yet again to unleash a load within her. It could not possibly have been much, volume-wise, after the start of our night, but it was enough to cross my eyes that we sort of held there, poised in orgasmic finality, then crumpled together down on our sides, my weary cock still pressed inside her, and we dozed back off for the rest of the night, which lasted about twenty-five seconds. Thankfully, We both had regular alarms set, and we found ours were set for close to the same time. I heard mine first, the James Bond theme, sounding from my phone in my pants pocket still in the other room. Holy shit! It's been all night! I exclaimed in realization. Linda was laughing throatily. What? I asked, still unwilling to let my hands off her body or otherwise bestir myself. Man, are you about to have one awesome walk of shame? Just as everyone else, including the maids, are out in the hall moving around, she cackled. Evil woman, I growled, crawling free from the tangled sheets. As charged, she yawned, snuggling back into the bed. I've got another five minutes before mine goes off. See you at the show, you magnificent beast. As dismissals went, it didn't suck that I picked up my clothes as I exited the bedroom and headed for the door. I didn't bother with my underwear or tie as I tried to make myself look at least not embarrassing, tucking them into my jacket pockets. It was truly going to be a walk of shame, if only for a few doors down that I muttered, Shit, as I noticed the now-wasted chocolate pie on the floor, beside her purse. Then I got an evil grin as I bent down near, but not over the pies. It was all I could do not to burst out a hearty, ha. I walked back to Linda's bedroom door. Hey! I called, waiting until I had her full attention. Catch! I called and gave a perfect toss. She instinctively caught what I had tossed on the fly and opened her palm to see I had thrown her the insertable pink vibrator. She stared at me. I waved the remote control visibly at her, then made sure she could see me depositing it in my pocket. See you on the show floor. I said, gaily walking away. There were three maids and a family of four in the hallway, who all saw me shambling from her suite to mine. The maids all had the scene everything look. Incredibly, while the dad looked at me like I was obvious pond scum, I got an appraising wink from the mom. The kids were, of course, oblivious. Asterisk Linda beat me, somehow to the show floor, which I would have thought violated the laws of girl physics. I took a closer look and realized that she was wearing a different suit from the day before. I had had to get out the hotel iron and press mine from the night before to make it remotely presentable enough to wear to the show. That explained it doubt I wasn't complaining about Linda's change of wardrobe either. It was still the usual dowdy, boxy silhouette she always wore, but the skirt on this one was at least a few inches above the knee. Such nice knees. Such nice calves. Although... I supposed I liked them better when I could not see them, because they were wrapped around my back. There were no kisses of greeting or any other outward sign that anything had happened from either of us, aside from a quick shared wink and a worthless toast with our morning coffees. I had Starbucks, while she had waited until she reached the convention center and picked up some peats that I made no mention of the contents of my pocket. I had put the remote back into the same pocket where she had seen me place it in preparation for my walk of shame. I put my hand in there often, when she could see me doing it. But I did nothing with it that I was fairly certain that nothing would happen if I had pushed the unbutton. But you never knew, given the wary looks Linda would shoot my way when she saw me, in moments of quiet in the booth, sliding my hand into the pocket that I finally found my chance, when the booth was mostly empty. And Linda was stuck talking to someone who had no money to spend, no need for our product anyway. But who seemed hell bent on wasting her time. She is a pro, so she was doing a great job anyway of appearing eager to tell this schmuck all about what we did. Dot I stepped into the back of the booth and well away, so I had a good view of her. But she was not looking my way. Dot I slid my hand into the pocket. The remote was a flat disk with rounded edges. The pink of its silicone skin matched that of the ovoid-shaped vibrator back in her room, or wherever it was located. I had noticed, as I examined it discreetly in the Uber on the way to the convention center that morning, that the on-off button was the only actual button. There were arrows in a circle on it, and I remembered that tilting it had made the vibration change that I pressed the on button. Her spine stiffened instantly. It was all I could do not to go down one knee and pump my fist in triumph. She had put the damn vibrator in before coming to the show. Today was going to be the best day ever in the history of trade shows. Linda turned her head slightly to glare at me out of the corner of her eye, but only her new, more upright posture and a very occasional shake in her voice betrayed anything new was happening. The remote vibrated softly in my pocket. I twirled it around a little. The vibrations either increased in frequency and magnitude, or decreased as I turned and fiddled with the device. It took me about three seconds to realize that if the remote was vertical on its side, there was virtually no noticeable vibration as all. Flat on its side, and it was giving it all it had. I could only assume that this was a feedback mechanism to tell the holder what they were doing to the beneficiary I tidied some literature and refilled the candy dish, keeping the remote mostly just off of vertical. She had to be noticing it but she could still concentrate pretty easily. The design was actually pretty genius for discreet use by a partner in public. If you just dropped it into a pair of pants pocket, it would naturally rest upright. A guy had to reach in to rev the lady up. But you could take it out of your pocket and lay it flat, and it would go full battle rattle without cease. So then the system, um, the system... It generates a set of meeting outlines with all the teacher's notes and grades to go over with the parents, Linda told the guy, managing to soldier through my flipping the remote flat every time she said system. Booth Barnacle started to ask some follow-up questions, but Linda finally took the opportunity to shoo him away. That's really all the system does, Linda said brightly, wincing just the slightest at her mistake in vocabulary. She shrugged. The guy finally seemed to be satisfied and thanked me for some reason before heading off to infest someone else's space. Did he really just say thank you to you and not to me? Linda asked, watching him go. It does require a special level of idiot, doesn't it? I mused. My hand was still in my pocket, but holding the remote rigidly upright. Speaking of special idiots, Linda hissed, turning on me. What the fuck do you think you are doing? Me? I asked innocently. I'm just standing here, trying not to get cut by your booth barnacle. Your lack of help was also noted. I explained the system, oh, fuck you, all the way through twice before he beat it. I could have used a tag out. You were doing great. I had faith in you. So every time I use the word S-Y, that word, you are going to zap me. Linda asked with a Serbic challenge and a touch of anticipation in her voice. "'I have no idea what you are talking about,' I said idly, looking around to see if there was anybody looking curiously at our booth that I could draw inside. "'But if I were looking some sort of trigger word to spring an ambush, it wouldn't be any fun to use the same one all day long.' "'No fun at all. Look!' Linda began, but was interrupted by three people entering our booth. "'We went into our usual routine.' and soon found that these were real prospects. They even had budget they needed to spend soon, or lose it for next year. We smiled at each other. The customers were all women, which was not unusual, and they seemed to gravitate more to Linda than me, so I dissolved once more back into the periphery. I had already noticed that they really were super concerned about the budget thing, and kept bringing it up. Even before I slid out of the conversation, I was triggering Linda whenever she said budget. She glared at me as I slid away, not because I was leaving her with them, she really was the better one of us to be on point, but because I had just waved the remote hard and long after the last time she had agreed about their budget I still listened intently, of course. Yes, absolutely, we can adjust for your billing cycle and front load the invoices to ensure the first two-thirds of the contract will bill against your allotment this year, she said. I had already started to tilt the remote until I heard what she said, and dutifully flipped it back to the quiescent vertical. Linda's back straightened again, not in stimulation this time, but triumph. That's good to hear, the smartest of the three customers said. But obviously, we need the right product to spend our budget on. Let's talk about the reporting system some more, and we can come back to the budget in a minu. are you alright? Linda was coughing and bending and turning so she could glare at me. She avoided using the word for the next fifteen minutes, while she absolutely sold them on the system, got contact information, and even made a call to the salesperson in their territory to arrange a visit. But they kept using the word budget, and I kept hitting her hard as I could every time .as they left. I approached her casually, noting a light sheen of sweat at the back of her neck, above and down into the collar. Dirty pool, Davis! She hissed. You can turn it off, if you are going to do that. Oh, I don't think so. I grinned. She almost flashed a grin back, but steeled herself. Honestly, I can't be on the verge of throwing my O-face in the middle of sales interactions. Turn it off. Come on, you don't want that. I laughed. Davis, we are working. And you are enjoying the fuck out of my livening up the day. I said smugly. I am barely holding it together. She hissed. That remote you have in your pocket just buzzes politely in your hand. My end is ten times as powerful and is resting on my G-spot. Wow, I said, actually little surprised that it was that robust. I can't hear it doing anything. I am. An effective. Sound. Insulator. She growled. I absorb all those vibrations straight into my nervous system. Two more groups arrived at our booth, interrupting our fun. I took one group, Linda took the other. Both hung in there and seemed promising. We converged on our computer, and the two of us together did a quick demo for both groups at once. Somehow, we ended up with each other's initial group, and came away with good contacts, and some real hope that I had only hit the remote twice, at random times, after the demo. Having an enjoyable day? I asked offhandedly, as we bid farewell to two groups of hopefully future customers. Turn off the remote, please, Linda wheedled. No. Because you don't want me to, I said tauntingly. I am asking you straight out. I looked at her with a gaze that was meant to remind her where I had had my face buried several times the night before. If you actually wanted me to turn it off and stop, you'd have excused yourself to the restroom and removed the vibrator. I said she gaped at me. I just looked blandly back. I reached in my pocket, my wallet pocket, and pulled out a ten. Hey, go get us some cokes, will you? I'm thirsty. Linda's eyes narrowed. She snatched the bill and walked away with unseemly haste. That I kept my hand pressed against my pants leg to keep the remote upright and buzzing minimally. She had to be out of range anyway. It wasn't like the thing was Wi-Fi enabled. That I waited while she was gone. Talking to only one person who had totally the wrong idea about what we did, Linda reappeared after a long while, with two cans of Coke and a dollar change a dollar change. From two measly cans of Coke, Linda was looking calm and raised her can at me mockingly. I clinked mine to hers and said, Cheers! I lifted my leg and rested it on the chair arm next to me, which tilted my pocket, and what was in it, 90 degrees, while keeping my eyes locked on hers. Her eyelids fluttered, and then she let them close and smiled blissfully. Fuck ya dot I shot my hand back in my pocket and grabbed the remote. As I lowered my leg, I kept the remote horizontal, or close to it, rocking it back and forth softly, to add to the anticipation. I walked around in a circle behind Linda, and my eyes feasted on the way she was deliberately rocking her ass in time with how I was modulating the intense vibrations inside her core. She wrapped her lips against the edge of the red aluminum can and sucked eagerly on the soda, and several people walked into the booth. That I snapped the remote upright, buttoned my jacket to make sure no one saw the evidence of my enjoyment of things, and headed them off before they got to my still-flushed colleague. Linda joined us soon, but it was clear that these folks were going to be my responsibility. I just had the read on them. The booth was quite crowded for a while, which was great, but I had to be careful to keep the remote upright. I was in no way going to turn the vibrator off, but I did want Linda to have her wits about her during this rush. Besides, had I riled her up again right then, I would have been too busy to enjoy IT.AT some point we had two seconds to talk to each other instead of prospects, and Linda noted it was lunchtime. My stomach growled in agreement, but the rush continued. Programming was to resume at 1.15, and at about 1.10, the crowd thinned as people left for various meeting halls. The moment our booth was empty, Linda asked, taking a quick step toward the corridor in front of our space. Sandwich? My libido wanted her to stay with me, and let me pleasure her while the crowd was thin, but my hunger craved a turkey and bacon with provolone. Hunger one, especially since it looked like Linda was heading to the lunch place with or without my order. I called out my desire, my culinary desire. While she was gone, I pondered the little remote in my pocket. This was all so fucking delicious, and more fun than ought to be legal. Wait. Once upon a time, this would have been illegal in Alabama. Was it still? The real question was, could I actually get Linda over the edge and give her an orgasm by the end of the day? If I could, how many times? The sight of this cool, poised woman in her bland suit and her current professional location— beginning to squirm in helpless pleasure, as I wirelessly fondled her was to die for. I was going to head home this evening with end-stage blue balls, but it would be worth it if I could actually get her off just once. That was it. I was resolved. I was going to find out if she could keep it together or at least not make noise. I was a man on a mission, and the next time the booth was empty it was go time. The booth was still empty when Linda got back, but go time had to wait. It was sandwich time first. We munched our surprisingly edible sandwiches in companionably idle conversation, pausing once or twice to answer a quick question from passing looky Loose. Linda had brought back two different flavors of chips, so we could each have a choice. But we found that we both much preferred the barbecue-flavored ones. We wrangled back and forth over the bag until I cheated by flipping the remote in my pocket to full horizontal suddenly. She blew eyes widened in shock at the sudden and surprising awakening inside of her, and I snatched the bag away before she could react in her distracted state. Her pretty, if ordinarily unexceptional, face was enchanting right then as it was a mass of various frustrations, from being denied the rest of the delicious potato chips, to my, hopefully roguish, misbehavior to once again finding her feet rooted to the floor as her hips involuntarily wanted to dance that I ate the chips obnoxiously while I toyed with the remote in my pocket. She continued to stare at me while trying to keep her back straight and hips from moving, and she bit the left side of her lower lip. I fed her a chip. She took it, displaying a rather unnecessary amount of tongue in the process that I had her in a rhythm now, as we stood apparently idly in the middle of the show floor, one second on full. One second at half intensity, one second on full, and finally one second at idle. Then repeat. And the occasional potato chip. The rhythm was accomplishing what I wanted, as her vision, while still fixed on me, was obviously losing focus. She trembled here and there, usually when I had my little co-conspirator humming at full power, but she was keeping it together. She summoned a look of defiance that ebbed away as quickly as she formed it and then into the booth walked a tall guy in charcoal gray slacks and a fitted dress shirt, jet black hair that was silver at the temples, and dark green eyes. Oh, and his tie was Linda's favorite purple that I instantly laid off the remote, and we spoke to him together. As usual, it was quickly clear which of us would likely handle the customer better. In this case it was me. What was not usual was that Linda quite deliberately started to herd me out of the discussion. Puzzled, I backed off. It took me a minute to realize that this guy was just gorgeous, and I had my colleague as horned up as humanly possible. She wanted to talk to him. Maybe just look at him. Go, girl. But was my already horned up colleague actually as horned up as possible? An AH.my hand went back to my pocket. Linda refused to look at me when I started in on her inner core again. Instead, she clasped her hands behind her backside as she spoke to Mr. Dude. It could have been quite the coquettish pose for her. With her shoulders back, I was sure her breasts were being pushed out towards him. But with the boxy, loose suit she wore, the effect wasn't really visible. I was sure of that, because the guy didn't react. Lyndon knew what she was doing, but I realized that she was doing it for her own enjoyment. Her hips rocked just a tiny bit betraying to me what she was feeling down there. Her hands clasped behind her back also made it easier for her to casually flip me off. Without the dude or anyone besides me seeing her do it dot I just sat down in the one chair we had, and pretended to be looking all around. But I was watching dot a written transcript of her pitch would indicate a perfectly ordinary, professional discussion. Nothing out of the ordinary. And that was how it actually sounded at first, too but regular, rhythmic wobbling of the remote in my pocket swiftly got to Linda. Her voice, usually so smooth and even soothing, was developing a breathless edge to IT.AT first. She seemed simply to be crowding him, closing the personal space between them to a gap that would have been appropriate for a crowded room, not an empty booth. He sure as hell didn't mind. He was a little perplexed, but he didn't mind. I took to ramping up the remote whenever Linda was talking and easing it off when he spoke never full-on, nor full-idle. She walked him over to the table where we had our demo computer set up, along with folders and sample reports. She let the distance open between them now, but as he leant over the computer, I realized that was just so she could get a better look at him. He really was a looker, to be honest. I'm not that way, but I do know what women like. He wasn't rich, obviously. He worked at what turned out to be a boarding school so he definitely wasn't rich. But he also was the kind of guy who prioritized both his clothes in his budget, and his fitness in his day planning. When he bent over slightly to try a few things on the computer, Linda turned to me and grinned. Then she openly stared back at his ass that I flipped the remote horizontal and left it there, buzzing hard, while she watched. After that, I changed to giving it more juice when he spoke, and letting off when she did. She seemed to like that more. A lot more. I even saw her quietly caress one of her breasts when he wasn't looking. I wobbled the remote happily as encouragement for such misbehavior. You might think that I was getting nothing out of this whole situation, this whole day, but you would be wrong. I was hard as a rock at the moment, and had been off and on since I'd hit the on button that morning. I knew what kind of woman hid inside Linda's placid exterior now, and watching her near and then back away from a boil, under my control, was delicious that I was absolutely, positively going to be flying the Blue Ball Express back to New Orleans, and it was worth. It she was reaching a level of arousal she had not neared at any time earlier in the day, at least in part because I was not giving her much of a break with the remote. Her voice got huskier, and she was almost dancing from one foot to the other as she talked with the guy. I seriously began to think about backing off the stimulation because while this was fun, it would probably be a bad idea professionally to make her pop her cork, apparently out of the blue, while talking to the client. Funny and exciting, but a bad idea. Fortunately, he was done. I eased off while they exchanged contact information, but then cruelly went back to full blast as soon as he left. Linda rounded on me. You are such a bastard, you know that? She hissed, not hiding her breathlessness. Me? I said as if shocked. What am I doing? I wobbled the remote, but mostly kept it going full blast. Her back was to the pathway outside our booth, and her hand pressed against her flat belly, clenching the fabric at her waist. Her eyes almost rolled up into her head, then she glared at me some more. You are really trying to make me do this, aren't you? You do seem close, I observed idly. "Fuck," she growled. She whirled and took our lone chair, her lower body now behind the draped table with all our literature. Her head bent, and her legs crossed at the ankles. Her body twitched arrestingly dot I took a quick look around. It was a quiet part of the day, thank God. I'd have hated to have to head off any visitors and missed what was coming. Linda was a demonstrative woman, but being demonstrative right now was definitely off the table. I was absolutely fascinated to watch her, as she struggled to keep any outward signs of what she was experiencing hidden. Well, hidden from others. I could sure as hell tell. Wobble it, she hissed. Ha! Huh. It's best when you wobble it slowly. Don't, ugh, don't just leave it full throttle. She growled through gritted teeth dot SOI wobbled. She bent forward, hands pressed into her lap and let out a tiny, quiet, but incredibly long, mewling, rippling sigh. She rocked just the tiniest bit, but I could somehow feel how powerful it was in my own cock from five feet away. Talk about sympathetic vibrations that I eased off, and her body slowly relaxed. After a few moments, she started to look up at me with a sheepish smile, and I ramped it up again. Catching her off guard, she actually yelped out loud a little. Her body stiffened, and this time we locked gazes. Her wide eyes glared hungrily at me. I stared back. God, I want to kiss you so hard, I said quietly. Her eyes squeezed shut, and her body jerked, despite all her efforts at control, so fast it was more like a vibration. Then she finally relaxed, or tried to. Turn it off, she said. I just smiled. No, seriously this time. I need you to turn it off now. It's starting to not hurt, but... I pressed the button, and the vibrations died. She slumped. Then she heaved a deep breath and stood shakily to her feet. Shaking her head, she said quietly, Last night versus just now has reminded me how fantastically superior a real man, especially a good one like you is to mechanical aids. Um, thank you, I said with a slightly flattered grin. But you seem to be doing pretty well just now. I may have pulled an abdominal holding that in, she said with a sexy, if fleeting smile. But I wouldn't have gotten off at all. I don't think, if I hadn't been planning the whole time to, as soon as my heart rate settles, drag you off to one of the family restrooms at the end of the aisle and suck your cock until you beg for mercy. Um, things were suddenly looking better on the blue ball's front. Thank you? The booth was still empty. We looked at each other and tried not to look like we were bolting. She went into one of the single-occupant bathrooms first and I waited about twenty seconds for two attendees to enter the main ladies' room nearby before I followed her. Thank God the center was very committed to keeping the facilities clean. It looked more spotless in that room meant for parents with little kids and nursing mothers than my bathroom did back home at my condo. Lean against the sink, Linda commanded. She had already pulled a big stack of paper towels out and put them on the floor in front of me, not because it was dirty but apparently to protect the knees of her hosiery. She wasted no time yanking open my fly and tugging my boxers down under my balls. She clearly wanted this to be quick, and I understood why. We had just abandoned our booth in the middle of the day. But oh man, was I going to enjoy this. Her fingertips traced the outlines of my cock joined intermittently by the tip of her tongue. We might be getting right to it, but she was still going to do it right. If she didn't live two thousand miles away, I could fall in love with this woman. That I was hard already, but she induced me to new levels of hardness with just those featherlight touches from her tongue and fingers. Ready? she asked, looking up at me with a smile. For hours now. I gasped softly. She smirked, then ruined the expression by slurping my cock between her lips. Her gently brushing fingers wrapped themselves around my shaft firmly, and began an earnest massage. Not only had Linda not forgotten how to suck cock well, she had not forgotten how to suck cock in multiple styles. The night before, I had been treated to a soft, if fervent, lingual masterwork, with lots of ball-teasing and firm strokes. This time, she barely touched my balls, barely caressing them in passing as she pumped me. Her mouth, rather than gently rolling me around inside, tongue-wrestling with my invader, instead started bobbing up and down on me in time with her swift hands. I grunted at the sexy ferocity of her assault, and my head slipped into my trouser pocket. There was the unbutton. Linda popped off my cock with a gasp and looked at me. I want to tell you to fuck off, she said a little breathlessly. But that is a marvelous idea. With that, she sucked me back in and I started wobbling the remote in time with her head's movements. She hummed appreciatively and the vibrations of that hum just made everything all the much better around my cock. It was a good thing that I was not trying to hold back my finish, because I am pretty sure my ability to defy the all-out oral assault I was under would have been fairly nil anyway. Oh shit! You are so fucking good! I groaned, still somehow managing to keep the remote pulsing in time with her relentless, magnificent taking of my cock. Not much longer! I almost whined. Linda let me loose from her mouth for an instant, just long enough to say, Fuck my face. Before wrapping her lips around my glands once more. Well, that invitation didn't hurt. Somehow, in my lust-ridden haze, I did register that she had at no point actually tried to take me down her throat. I laid a hand gently against her cheek and started thrusting into her mouth. Shallowly.it still was amazing. Her lips eagerly clamped down around me as I slid in and out between them. Her tongue slicked around beneath my thrusting shaft. And I gave up pulsing the remote, just desperately trying to keep it full bore as my hips jerked eagerly. The vibrator stimulation was clearly getting to Linda, ramped up by her own arousal from the blowjob she was clearly relishing. Her moans became deeper, more powerful, even though they were muffled by my invading schlong. Suddenly... She grabbed my ass with both hands and yanked my hips forward. Before I could stop myself, my cock plowed back against the entrance to her throat. She instantly gagged, but as soon as I perceived that she was going to hold me there, I lost it, letting out in. "umph!" Like I had just been punched in the gut, I felt my cock swell. I involuntarily gagged her even harder as I pushed forward again, and cum surged up my shaft. My hand clutched desperately against her smooth cheek. The instant Linda recognized I was coming, she leaned back until only my tip was still embedded in her face. She gulped greedily, while still moaning as I sprayed into her mouth. Some of my offering had to have shot straight down her throat right at the start, and I honestly don't know how much I produced overall. I had most of the day to recover from our early morning rhapsody but I really had come rather a lot in the last 24 hours, especially for me. Linda swallowed it all. My orgasm, regardless of volume produced, felt utterly overwhelming to me. My legs wobbled, and had I not been able to lean back against the sink to brace my ass, I am sure I'd have fallen. My abdomen felt hollow and my fucking ears tingled. Out. I swiftly realized that Linda was not quite done, however. I still held the remote horizontal and her hips and ass were wriggling hard as she remained kneeling before me. She moaned more, with higher notes now, as she continued to suckle on my already softening shaft I wobbled the remote. Oh! She gasped, and I felt her come. Her whole body quivered, and her mouth and tongue clamped around my cock so exquisitely. I nearly started hardening again already that I kept wobbling the remote, and her ecstasy extended. She desperately kept my now rapidly collapsing dick in her mouth as she writhed before me, until she at last sank down to her ankles, releasing my cock from her mouth at last. She batted weakly at my pants where my hand remained in the pocket. Seriously! Turn it off! She gasped breathlessly. Please! All the way off. Too much. I pressed the button. Holy shit! she said, grabbing a hold of me to pull herself to her feet. She leaned against me. That was a little fraught, because I sure as hell wasn't a paragon of rock-solid stability myself. But we remained upright together. If someone had told me, Linda panted, that I'd have two of the better, most crazy orgasms of my life. At the convention center today, I'd have thought they were nucking futs. She fumbled at my soft cock, an action that did nothing to preserve its quiescence. She started to tuck me away, and I swiftly helped her. I was sure clean as a whistle by then. Go, she said, pushing me toward the door. I've got to fix my face first, and we shouldn't be walking out of here together anyway. I looked at her. Yeah, the face fucking at the end had brought on the inevitable tears, and her eyes were a dripping black mess. She looked beyond glorious. We shared a smile, and I slipped out of the restroom. My momentary fear that there would be two wide eyed little kids and a horrified mom waiting outside was fortunately not realized. There were actually customers in our booth as I hustled back to our, you know, job. I apologized that both my partner and I had had a simultaneous call of nature. Okay, we didn't quite manage simultaneously and got to work seeing how I could help them.it was actually a good meeting. This show, which had been feeling like a bus for most of the time, was starting to really bear fruit on the last day. As the prospects wandered off down the showroom floor, Linda reappeared. Briskly, she held out her hand. Quick give me the remote. I don't want to forget it at the end of the day, she said. Looking around I reached into my pocket, but instead of taking out the small pink disc, I pressed the on button again. Very funny, Linda said to my placid grin. But I took it out this time. My knees won't take any more of that. I pouted a little, but I had not intended to really go after her again, even had she left that glorious little bean inside her. Besides, Linda went on. The last major seminar ends in ten minutes, leaving us two full hours before we pack up to make some headway. And make headway we did. We don't actually need to eventually transform very many attendees to customers to make a trade show worth it, and in those last two hours, we identified four more really good opportunities. With what we had accumulated over the entire show, between the two of us, Frida, and Desiree, it had been a good show. Things definitely tailed off toward the end, and the two of us, like most other exhibitors, began to get a jump on tearing down our booths. Show services would collect our cases and ship them back to our corporate headquarters later that night, once everybody left, but we would have to pack everything for them before we could leave. What time is your flight out? Linda asked with elaborate casualness that I looked at my watch and grimaced. In three hours, I replied sourly, I'd been worried about this flight ever since I'd gotten my ticket from the corporate travel agent and called to complain, to no avail. Wow. We've barely started packing. It's going to be tight for you, even if we cut corners and get a little sloppy. She trailed off. Sloppy was not our corporate way dot of course. Sloppy could be taken in a number of ways. That comment sounded tragically promising. I said with a rueful grin. Linda just snorted. Worse. My ticket is for the last flight to NOLA tonight. If I miss it, I spend my Friday late night at an airport hotel instead of back home in the French Quarter with my buddy Rick. Ouch, sympathized Linda. I've got almost four hours from now, so I've still got a decent chance. Though it is also the last flight of the day for me too. We better hurry, I grumbled. She agreed that we both picked up the pace of packing. The show was officially over, and despite a few stragglers still wandering around, either of us was remotely interested in trying to pick off a last chance customer. We worked smoothly together to take down and fold up the big banner, arguing only briefly about how it should be folded. I acquiesced and folded it her way. Damned if it didn't fit in the case better, we mostly avoided looking at each other. This had been a thing. And it was done. And the question of whether it would be a thing again, the next time we were in the same town, was a question we each seemed content to leave for that day to discover. Now was about finishing all this packing— finding an Uber at this time of the evening, fighting rush-hour Denver traffic for the thousand-mile journey from downtown to the airport, fighting TSA, in Denver no less, at the end of getaway day, and hoping for late departures for once that I had nothing but a puncher's chance of making my flight. Linda had a little better than that. I was considering telling her to bail, make sure she made her flight, and I'd finish the packing on my own that I reached for the J.D. Power Award plaque that went to every show just as Linda did the same. Her hand clasped the top of the little prop, and mine closed over hers though we froze. It was a long, static tableau as we stared carefully at the award and not at each other. You know, Linda said, that Weston right inside the airport is pretty nice. She didn't quite look at me. That's actually true. I said, not quite letting go with my hand. There are worse places to get stuck if we somehow don't get this all packed up in time. Then I did let go, straightening. Listen, I'm thirsty, I said to her with a grin. Let's go have another leisurely warm beer at the snack shop. I'm sure we will both have plenty of time to come back and finish packing. We won't miss our flights, will we? I'm sure we won't, Linda replied, tucking the award away in its case before turning with me to waste a little critical time.